podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 112 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network. I'm Fanatics. Um, unfortunately, we're having to record after yet another Everton defeat, another poor performance. We're running out of excuses, unfortunately, for, for what we're being we're being served up on a on a weekly basis in a game that, if in my opinion, if we had anything about us watching that performance from Brentford today, we we go and win that game comfortably. And I think maybe an early season Everton side what we were seeing at the start of the season probably goes there and wins the game quite comfortably uh, but yet again we've come away defeated no points and we're going to be going into a Merseyside derby in horrific form one win in 10 sitting 14th in the, in the league table and six points off the off the bottom three um, Lee sum it up for us Cheers, mate. Thanks for just throwing that in there. It's a bit, it's a bit, it's an open question, isn't it? Um, well, where where do we even start, mate? I mean, it, you know, it's 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 becoming. Um, well, let's just use the word. It's relegation. This is relegation form. This one win in ten. Um, team just looks absolutely bereft of confidence. It, you know, you, you lose that many games. And I know we've been hammered by injuries and everything else, but you lose that many games and then the confidence starts falling out of the team. You know, you saw some of the body language. Um, I mean, what summed it up perfectly, wasn't it, was that that sort of breakaway. We threatened to break away down the left-hand side with Gray and Gordon, and they somehow managed to get in each other's way and basically knock the ball out for a throw-in. I mean, that was worse than that Obertan when he went for United a few years ago and he just ran out of play with the ball. So... um, yeah, where where do we even start, lads, with that? Where do we even start? Um, it's it's depressing. It's um, the the lack of creativity is is, is unbelievable. Uh, we don't even look like scoring. Ironically, Rondon had his best game for us uh, today. Um, looked way sharper than he has done in other matches. Still wasn't really carrying a major goal threat. Um, um, a couple of great balls put in, obviously by Gray in the second half. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just completely depressing, lads. It really is. Um, and then you know we're going now into Merseyside derby on Wednesday with a depleted squad. They're absolutely flying. They've literally only got Firmino, I think, out the side, and that's it. And God, I mean, you know, if we go two or three down in that game, what the hell's the ground going to be like, lads? Just, I've just seen there. There's a video come out there. The uh, Everton fans, the away away support today at the end of the game when the players came over, and to say it was unhealthy um, is is an understatement. You know the, and listen, I get it. I, I totally, totally get it. You know we our fans as as per usual. We travel very, very well. We always sell out. Listen, above anyone, they deserve to voice their, their opinion and and they discussed it after after that performance and. You know, you look at Seamus Coleman, he, he's dragging Anthony Gordon away, you sort of standing and just looking. He won the last players to go away. Ben Godfrey seems to be, you know, trying to apologise, as does Coleman. And listen, for me, 
I just couldn't give a shit about apologies and things like that. You 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 apologize by by putting in a in a performance and you know that that wasn't our worst performance of the season and that that's how how poor we've been in recent weeks. The fact that we you know like I said earlier on, if we had a little bit more about us, we definitely get a point. You know, but we look at the, we look at the the um, the key the key moments in the game. You know, you look at their penalty and. Should we have had the penalty? Well, 100%. I thought it was absolutely horrific from the, the referee. I thought it was poor in all game. You know, the goalkeeper saved from Rondon. Um, but, you know, we, we we just... We had a lot more shots, but the, the attempts that we had on goal, there was just nothing there, was there? The, the cut on edge wasn't there. And I don't know what the what the players... I don't know what, what, what they're actually thinking. And when we're in a, in a run of form that's so poor, how, how do we get ourselves out of it is probably the biggest dilemma we've actually got. Uh, especially going into the games that we've got, and we said it time and again. You know, December is, ab- is absolutely horrific in terms of the teams that we've got to play. But Peter, I mean, are you taking anything from that game? Anything positive? You know, where where, where are you sitting at the moment in terms of the the performance that the that the sides put on it? I mean, I think I'd be scraping the bottom of the barrel if it if I said it, at least one positive is we have we haven't as yet got anyone else on the the injury table. Um, I think when when Luca Dean was down on the ground holding his ankle, I was ready to um, throw the remote at the telly and call it a day. I think call it or call it a season for about nine months because it it just seems to be getting more and more ridiculous. So I, I hope by the time Wednesday comes around, we've, we've got the players we expect to be available. But to, to say we need a bit of luck is um, is an understatement. And I, I think the worrying thing today was how poor Brentford were. You know, if they were organised and fit and outworked us and were aggressive and everything, you know, we expected them to be when we spoke last week. I'm not saying you'd be satisfied losing against them, but you might have a bit of perspective or context to to go into Wednesday. But again, for me, I look at that game, particularly the second half, and I'm, I'm asking myself, you know, is there another team in the Premier League that wouldn't at least get a draw there? And the most baffling thing for me is how we persisted with that system. When it, you know, again, we, we've said it several times this season. It seems like everybody with an ounce of common sense watching the game can see we're crying out for another striker in the box. You know, he brings on Damari Gray to whip in crosses, and and who's there? Who's there to, to to get on the end of them? I think at one point Alex Iwobi won a header, and I thought, how can how can he not see this? You know, we've got Iwobi, Gordon, Gray flying around Rondon trying to get on the end of crosses you need a you need a striker you need a centre forward we've got Tosin on the bench there fair enough we don't know how fit he is but if he's fit enough to be on the bench he's fit enough to be in the six yard box trying to throw his head at a cross or get on the end of it and you know I know we've covered Tosin before and said you know he's not going to be our our first choice striker but the, the lad can finish the, the, the lad's got a touch and he said, for me, he certainly got a better touch than Rondon. So I, th- I just think when you make calls like this and you play like that and you lose, it, they become indefensible because they, you know, they seem really, really questionable. You know, if you draw one-one or you know manage to turn it around and it's two-one, people don't ask questions like that so fiercely. But when you lose the game, they're put under the microscope and rightly so. And you know, I said I sent a message to you boys before we recorded to sort of outline the team I think should start on Wednesday. And on paper, I think we can give Liverpool a game, but tactically and confidence-wise, 
you almost think that's our biggest worry at the moment beyond personnel. Totally agree, Pete. I, I, I totally agree with that. I think um, Brentford were not great today at all. Not great at all. If you look, if you look at the stats, I think we had fourteen shots to their six. But you know how many of those were really big chances? I think the only big chance we really created was that was that uh, uh, Rondon chance, which was a nice touch. Um, probably should have scored. Really um, gets any sort of lift on that. It's a goal, and that was it. That was it. Really. I mean, the tactics clearly were. You know, get it out wide, get crosses in the box, and like you just said, if you're going to do that, I, you know, is a, wo- a, a Wobi is he known for his aerial threat? No, you know, is Gordon known for his aerial threat? No. So you, you know what? I'd rather have just stuck, you know, Tosin. What you mentioned, Tosin, just bang Sims on as well. A big lad, you know what I mean? I, I, I'd rather us lose two 0 and concede a goal on the counter, trying to get an equaliser. Than, than, than literally just like, you know, putting in balls and then no one getting anywhere near them. You know, you've just mentioned Tosin there. Yeah, you know, I would say his movement is that, you know, well, certainly better than Rondon's in the six-yard box. I would imagine he'd at least got on the end of a couple of those. I mean, even the commentator said, you know, um, you know talking about uh, Calvert-Lewin without a field day, he probably would have done. Probably would have. There was a couple of great balls in there. I mean, the first one especially, once you know he's got around the outside, you should be breaking your neck. Because the ball's gonna get whipped inside that in, in inside the six yard box. Why are you not breaking your neck to get anything on that? Any sort of touch on that? It's a goal. So it's, it's clearly the tactics are, isn't it? Get it out wide, whipping crosses, and we've just got no creativity through the middle of the park. None. We've got no one capable of really opening up a defence. And second half, they just sat off us, and then you know they were there for the taking, weren't they? Really? I mean, we we, we were messaging obviously in that second half, halfway through it. If we get a goal here, we could probably go on and win this. It'll give the players a lift. They were giving the ball away every every time they got it back. And yet, what happened? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And, you know, they cruised They cruised in the end to a, to a, a, a 1-0 win from a an absolute joke of a penalty. Well, it was a penalty, obviously. But, you know, it's one of those where you just don't, you know, you, you get one of those every season where he doesn't see where he's coming and he just lifts his leg. But... You know, and we haven't even got on to the fact that we we had a penalty as well, a blatant penalty. You know what I mean? Um, on um, Rondon, and none of the players, by the way, none of them, not one of them, is screaming at the referee saying that's a penalty. Not one. And you're just thinking, what on earth is going on here? We all know if you scream, if, if you know, make any sort of ruckus with the referee, there, he's going to have to. It's going to have to be reviewed by VR, at least him to go to the screen. You watch that in slow mo. It's it's a it's a blatant penalty. So that the penalty. The penalty for me, right? That there's a that's a prime example of where we are, isn't it? Because any any side with anything would be all over the referee. There would be appealing arms would be out. He's literally got the shirt over his head, literally over his head, and Rondon himself. Didn't even turn around and look at the referee. He just wanted to get on with the game. That's a problem because I, I was saying to someone uh, on Twitter before because they were saying it wouldn't have done any good and you know it's not Sunday league football. Well, it would do because these referees are human, but these referees are also really, really poor. So whether it's I'm not saying the VAR would have gone that's a penalty. The referee in the moment in that situation, if one ever plays that goal, you know, to Stonewall pen arms or goes down his ear. Then we know what referees do. They always react. They always react to players. And it's a blatant penalty. It's not like it's it's it, the both ponies with the shirt. He's literally 
got his shirt off his back. You know, and that for me says the players just don't care. Not one player has bothered their ass to go and get into the referee's ear and say, listen, have a look at that, a stonewall pen. And even if he doesn't give a penalty then, in the back of his mind, he's thinking, I messed up there. So at some point in the game, I'm going to level that out. So, so you, you've got it. You've got to be clever. I mean, people said we've been too nice for for years and years and years, and it's, you know it's probably probably right. You know, and I hate harping back to the days when we had the likes of your your Tim Kales and your Fellaini's and people like that. But they wouldn't have done. They wouldn't have stood for that. If that's if that's Kale getting the share pulled over his head, you know they're all they're all backing him, and and Kale will be in the referee's face. And that's what I hate about 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 us at times the fact that we just accept things. You know, I was, I was surprised that. We didn't put the ball out for for the Brentford player who went down in the second half because we did this we did the same against um, uh, was it was it Man City the other, uh, the other weekend he scored in about a minute a minute or two after, after we did that so I was surprised we didn't do that um, but it's just there's there's so much to to not like about Everton at this moment in time just you know we're we're always quite level headed we always try and defend if we feel that there's a case for for a defence and. And we're getting to the point now where it's getting very, very difficult to see where we go from here and and where the light at the end of the tunnel is because it seems to be very, very rotten from within the club and also from outside of the club. And, and you know, the fans, I think patience is wearing very, very thin. And going into a derby against the Liverpool side, you can, you know, they, they just beat Southampton 4-0. They could beat any side by four, five, six goals, you know, by probably Man City and Chelsea. You know, it's a massive, massive concern, and you know, it's. I just, I just don't know what more we can say about about that side because we finished the game, you know, with Bar Calvert Lewin and, and Yerry Mina with our our best eleven, if you like. So, you know, we know Calvert Lewin's a massive, massive miss. We know, you know, we look at the crosses that went in by Damari Gray second half, especially that at Dom's day he probably scores one or two, you know, and that's. That's how big of a threat he actually is. But I just don't know how to sum up everything in this moment in time because I just don't think enough people care. Um, and, you know, what what do we need to do to kick, to kickstart the season the season again? I just, I just don't know. You know, we well, can't be the Brentford that, side. That, that, that Brentford team as well, mate, they, they were missing players. They've got their best centre-half, yeah. are, you, are, are you missing? They're missing, obviously, the keeper as well. And obviously, the keeper, you know, young lad in goal, we barely tested him. Um, they're missing a few players as well, um, you know. So th- th- that Brentford team is nowhere near the Brentford team at the start of the season when they were obviously giving teams a right problem. Um, you know, they gave Liverpool a hell of a game, three-three, but that was their pretty much their best eleven. You know, they had two or three players out themselves. Um, so t- to lose that game, you know, that's arguably on paper our easiest fixture, isn't it, between now and Christmas? Realistically, on paper, with the form they were in, lost four out of the last five, like we have. The two worst form teams in the league, both of them, and you know, literally, it was, a, it was an opportunity to try and kickstart the engine, and 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 they failed there, they failed there completely. And didn't, as I said, didn't even look like scoring, which is that that's the biggest concern. Didn't even look like scoring really. Um, so you know, our, our goal scoring stats now is, is getting really worrying, isn't it? You know, we haven't scored now in three games. Last time we scored was the Wolves game when we lost two one. Before that, obviously, was uh, two against Watford. Didn't score against West Ham. So, we scored effectively like three goals in the last, what, six weeks. Um, and that, and that's, that's really worrying. Like, really worrying, isn't it? The fact we're not, we're not, we're not finding the net. 
Um, and, and as I said, not even looking like scoring. So, you know, on top of that, to be fair, I thought the defence did all right um, without being really tested. I thought Godfrey again showed signs again. If you were looking to pick up a few positives, he showed signs again and getting back to his former self. Um, you know, you look, you look, you look the yard quicker. Um, so that's a positive. Um, as I said, I thought Rondon had his best game for us without being outstanding. It was still a six, six or seven out of ten. Um, I didn't think Awobi was that bad either, to be honest. He looked like, you know, he was trying to get on it. I know, obviously, he wasn't outstanding again, but, it, you know, it certainly wasn't his worst game. Um, and, you know, Gordon at times showed flashes, but you, you can pretty much read Gordon. He's quite one-footed and he's always looking to cut in on that right foot. Um, and defenders are just going to show, show him on his left and, he, you know, very rarely he'll, he'll go down on his left. So he's going to have to work on that. Um but yeah, and obviously Gray, Gray arguably probably man of the match for that cameo, isn't it? Really, arguably, um, in terms of coming on and create, trying to create something and causing problems. Um, so it's it's a real it's a real concern at the minute. I, I can't see where the next win's coming from. Can you? That uh, you know we've we've always we keep on mentioning obviously the fixtures coming up, um, but when you look you know for the, for the remainder well for the for December as a whole. You do wonder whether we're going to pick up more than sort of two, three, four points over the course of the month, and that's that's the concern. And you know, again, Wednesday coming up, um, the first time the, the managers come face to face with with Liverpool since he's, he's joined the club. I mean, the question is, you could argue some people are asking the question, will he, will he still be there? You know, and, and that's not us saying that. And we're going to discuss the manager in more depth shortly, but you know that. I'm sure that's on the on a lot of people's minds as well. But um, to touch on the the manager, uh, what he's what he said is quote after the game in Session One here. The connection between fans and players last season wasn't great, but you could see it was better at the start of this season. To bring back back this connection, the fans expect the players to give everything, and they can't complain today as the players gave everything. And I think the silence there probably says it all because if if you know how, how do you measure giving everything first of all? But if that's if that's that side giving everything, then I fear for our future in the Premier League this season because that for me was a substandard performance against a side who, on any other given day, are probably eighteen, nineteen. The other side in the Premier League would have beaten them. Yeah, that's the concern for me. That there's two correct responses that Rafa could have given. The one, I picked the team. It's my responsibility. I'm to blame. Or that's, that performance isn't acceptable for Everton Football Club and it won't happen again. And I think anything else other than a variation of those two is just not helpful. And it, it, it just well, it that, seems to just underlie his stubbornness, doesn't it? That's just going to get people's backs up, isn't it? People are going to read that. And when I read it then, I thought, is he on the wind-up? I really did. You know, I'm not saying to, to throw players under the bus. I'm not saying to call individual players out. But what I'm saying is, like you said, Peter, as, as the manager, own it and just say, yeah, you know what? I picked that side there today. That that that's either on me. We've got something wrong there. Didn't quite work out. I totally get the fans' frustration, and you know, I, I do understand it. That travelling up and down the country every every other week, or packing up Goodison Park, you know, every other week, and the fans got every single right to expect this Everton side to go and beat, you know, that Brentford side today. Just own it, and and you know. Say say the, the right things. I'm not even sometimes I think to myself, 
when you when you manage it, you, you've got to you've got to just play the game and give sound bites sometimes that the fans can sort of get behind because that after the reaction of the away fans today, all that will serve to do is cause an even bigger split and disconnection between players and fans, in my opinion. And I don't think he's helped himself there in, in any way whatsoever. Well, it, it, it's really hard to love this team at the minute, isn't it? It really is. It's really hard to love this team. Obviously, we're Blues, we'll always be Blues. But it's really hard to love this side at the minute. Um, you know, it really is. I, I don't know where you stand. I mean, I, I don't know whether you guys saw the other day, the chief exec of Villa came out the other day. Um, I think the guy, Baz, retweeted it from Toffee TV, actually. Um, and um, he was basically talking about Villa's journey, about how it's now uh, sort of two years into this ownership, two or three years into this ownership. And the owners are now saying this is now the step-up phase. What they mean by that is now they're going to be looking to acquire clubs in other countries where uh, it's not accessible to bring direct transfers in. So I'm thinking where, you know, Africa, South America, that sort of thing. And effectively do what City have done and effectively try and, you know, own own these other clubs and then look to obviously, you know, do transfers between, uh, loaning and things like that as well. Because they feel like, look, we can't compete with the big boys financially because of FFP. So this is what we're now going to be doing. And then he talked about his journey in terms of how they're obviously improving the stadium, the plans under Gerard. So that communication piece from their chief exec to everybody else is is massive. And I think the club, if they did, you know, if they were able to come out and talk to us, whether it's brands, whether it's machinery or whatever, and just kind of say, look, this is our journey. This is where we're looking to go. This is what we're looking to do with Rafa. This is why we couldn't spend in the summer. This is where we'll hopefully be able to spend in January. You know, and just basically, you know, fill in the blanks and start talking to us. I think, you know what, there, there would probably be less, OK, don't get me wrong, the run of form room was horrendous. But I think if we could see the bigger picture and could see what they're trying to achieve, I think us as fans would then be like, you know, less volatile in a way because then we can see what the journey is. Look, we even if they came out and said, look, we know it's going to be tough. Our squad is pretty thin on quality. I think if they communicated that to the fans... I genuinely think there'd be a less volatility at the club because we're we're on the verge here now of this December being an absolute write-off. And if it is, and we're in the bottom three, which we could be, by the way, then what, is the manager going to go again? Going to get rid of the manager? And then we're, we're paying out further fees again to get rid of him when he's barely you know, be able to stamp any sort of authority on, on, on the team. And then, so... Honestly, I don't know what you think on that piece, lads. I mean, do you think they should be looking to communicate to us? Because when was the last time they actually spoke to us as fans to tell us what's going on? I think it would help, but I think one of the problems is it seems like everybody knows behind the scenes that there's not a, a united front. There's not a cohesion. You know, we, we've got this sort of weird triad of Bill Kenwright, Mashiri and Brands and then Rafa. And by all accounts, there's not a neat fit between the the four of them, and I think that's one of the big the big problems, really. Yeah, if you read the Athletic piece in the week, they talked about that. They talk about how Ken Wright, who's still got contacts in the game in British football, Brands has got more of the contacts abroad. Mashiri's in, obviously, with some of the agents, like Kia Jurabchin, wherever his name is. And then, um, uh, you know, so it's, it, like you said, it's, it's a weird mix then, isn't it? It's a real weird mix of these people. Everyone's sort of like, you know, burrowing their own little furrow and, try, and, and, try, and, and trying to basically bring it all together at the end. And then obviously Rafa, we all know Rafa likes to have full control over everything. 
We know he turned down the signing of Dumfries in the summer, for example. Um, so what what the hell's going on? What is going you know on? What? I hate to make this comparison. I hate the fact that these words are going to come out of my mouth now because I've not been able to stand West Ham for about 30 years. But they consistently got it wrong and got it wrong and got it wrong again and again and again to the extent that they were ending up in the championship. And they finally stopped and sort of got got an alignment throughout the club, you know, from from manager, recruitment, you know, the, the, the roles of the owners. And it started to click for them and work. And I, I just think, like, we need to wake up as a club. You know, you, you almost want to go down there and start shaking people. You know, we, we, we've jumped from, from, you know, vision to vision. You know, the, the director of football model and the young coach in Marco Silva and then, you know, the big name manager in, 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 in Ancelotti. And we're just a really strange, fragmented squad and fragmented team. And it all, it all needs resetting. Um, but it's almost like they, they can't decide on what direction to go in still. You know, I don't know who we are. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the infrastructure is not right, is it? The infrastructure is not right. That's one of the things City got right, and we have talked about this briefly before. It's getting that infrastructure right behind the scenes. You can you know what they're doing when they're running a club. And, um, you know, we talked about this on other podcasts in more detail, obviously, but that infrastructure is key. Because Mashiri still wants to stick his oar in. We know he's not a football man. He's a you know, very successful businessman. Um, and yeah, I mean that that unfortunately is polluting the waters uh, behind the scenes. I think uh, everybody's everybody's almost wrestling for a bit of control. So there's no 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 sense of direction at all. You just don't want us to hit another another reset point, do you? Where we end up sacking him, and then we have you know three or four games of romance where big dunks at the helm again, and and sort of gives us a wake up call, and we get some decent results and start looking like Everton again. But then. You know that the search continues, and everyone's scratching their heads about who do we bring in and what direction do we go in. You, you can just, you can almost see it coming, can't you? And it, it's like, you know, it's, it's like a horror scene in in, in a movie where you, <laughs> the train's coming towards, the, you know, the, the the lead character, and you're thinking that there's no way of getting out the way of it. I'm I'm, I'm sitting not not sitting here now saying you know, it's time to get rid of the manager. Uh, there's certainly there's much much bigger issues at Everton Football Club than the manager. You know they've been well documented over the last probably week week ten days especially. Uh, there's a lot of fan discontent. Um, you know the, the manager is one of the, the lower concerns, but you know the, the question will understandably be asked going into the Merseyside derby on Wednesday about whether he's the man to take us forward, whether we can keep on putting up with. With these performances, you know, we're going to get them in, you know, across across December. Um, so what we're gonna have a have a quick break. I'm gonna spend a bit of time discussing the manager. Um, we'll be back after the short break. Welcome back to the second part of this week's on Holy Trinity podcast, where we're gonna discuss Rafael Benitez. Um we you know we, we know his appointments was a, a controversial one for many was for us, uh, started the season particularly well, bought himself a, quite a bit of time and a bit of favour with, with fans. Um, and and this, this segment is not, not a case of us calling for the manager to be sacked, by the way, because it's very much a case of you can, you can bring in anyone. You're still working with exactly the same players under exactly the same conditions. And like, like, like Peter before the break, 
you know, you, you might get that short term little little jolt where, you know, three or four games we pick up and it's then we'll okay, we'll where do we go from there? And in the meantime, we paid off a mind yet on another big contract. Um and yet again we're pressing that famous reset button. But I think in regards to Rafael Benitez, I think certain questions have got to be asked in terms of decisions that he's made in, in recent weeks and maybe his stubbornness that he that he shows. I mean, we look at it again today. And like we've already already said in regards to the to the Brentford game, we you know we're we're looking for a goal to get back into the game, and we've we're keeping Rondon on. Who okay didn't do too badly, uh, but we've got strikers on the bench. You've got you've got Sims and and Shank Tosson. You got you got Lewis Dobbin. You could all come on and give us something a little bit different to try to try and nick a goal. But we were crying out for a striker to be in the middle of the box for the you know for a couple of fantastic crosses from. From Damari Gray, and you, you just you wonder the manager makes one or two changes, never really makes three three substitutions. Um, could could his stubbornness lead? Could, could that be? Could that be his downfall? You know, as I say, we're not, we're not looking to get rid of the man, but you've got to ask. You've got to wonder sometimes what what is his, his thinking. And, and today was another prime example of that. Well, he's not helping himself at the minute, is he? He's not helping himself at all in terms of the fans. Um, he really isn't. Um, I mean, you know. Most fans, most fans will obviously give manager leeway. Certainly when they come in. Certainly when, obviously, you know, he's not even be able to put any sort of his own stamp on this team at all. Um, you know, particularly with the summer window we've just had. Um, but you know, when you appoint Rafael Benitez and his history, he's going to have far less time than any other manager, really. Um, and that's the, you know, that's the risk he's running. I, I think he's digging his own grave with some of these substitution decisions at the minute. Um, I really do. Um, the subs he made today, for example, we just talked about it then. He was he was screaming out to get another forward on, whether it be, you know, Sims, whether it be Dobbin, whether it be, you know, Totem, whatever. We needed a goal and he's made one sub and one nil down against a really, really poor Brentford team. And he's made one sub and you're just thinking, what's going on here? Um, you know, he, he, and that's he's shown that recently, hasn't it? Um, it's not just this game. He's, he's, I know our squad is is thin. But he's not even been prepared to try and change it. I know we've criticised other managers in the past. You know, sometimes we criticised Ancelotti last year for just having no real plan and just throwing strikers on in our shape, going everywhere. But at least we're trying to get do something. At least we're trying to throw bodies in the box to try and you know anything can happen. Got it? Deflections, anything. People get brought down, shots get blocked, handball, penalty, whatever. So, but he just didn't do anything. And, and and that's where he's going to really, really struggle. And then also you just mentioned the comments he said before as well. That's not going to endear himself either. And once the away fans start turning against you, you know, we saw some of the banners they took today. Once they start turning against you, it's a very slippery slope, isn't it? Oh, massively. And all, all the talk in the media when he when he came in was, you know, how long is the honeymoon period going to last? If, if he gets any time at all from some fans. And like I said, you know, he bought himself... You know, quite a bit of favour with the start of the season that we had, but you know, we, 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 any manager in charge at this moment in time, if they go on, on that kind of run, you know, the fans are certainly still got a right to sit there and 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 ask, you know, has the manager got any part to play in in the blame here? And of course he has, because you know he, he's part of the club. He's a massive part of of what happens, you know, on the on the training ground and on a match day, and he's he's picking the sides. And listen, we we said it all along. We've had horrific injuries to, to massively key players. We've still got two of those players in terms of Yerry Mina and Dominic Calvert-Lewin out at this moment in time. 
So we, you know, that that still sits in in your mind when you when you're discussing the manager and and what we've actually how we've started this season and where we are now. But I just think at times, you know, we mentioned today in, in terms of the substitutes that, he, that he's not made. Um, we, we look at, you know, we were saying for you know a, quite a couple, you know, a couple of weeks that we should be changing our formation to accommodate the fact that we had no decore and having three in midfield. It took him a while to do that, and you just think sometimes. You know, you've got to you've got to really help yourself out, and you've got to really be on the ball and alive in this situation. And like you say, like open to to making changes when they're called for. And you've got to really, really think about it as the manager. And I don't think he he's putting himself in a in a great position. And you know, we're going to discuss the Merseyside derby shortly. But going into into that game, we could not be in a worse position, in my opinion. We're sitting fourteenth in the league. We're on an absolutely horrific run. It only takes them to score one or two. And then imagine, imagine how good as Park going to be on Wednesday night. You know, um, but he's, for someone who, who came in and a lot of the talk was about obviously him being a, a bit of a, a master tactician and, and you know, he's, he's there on the training ground first. He leaves last. He's a student of the game. I don't think, I don't think at this moment in time that he's showing that pieces, he's not showing that level of adaptation, and and he's he's not showing, for me, the manager that that he has been over the years. No, absolutely not, absolutely not. And like we said before about today's game, you, you know, if you win matches, or you know, you get you get the result, certain questions aren't asked. But when you say look at our record, what what have we lost? Five out of the last six. You know, when you're in that kind of form and you're getting turned over by teams like Watford at home, the basic questions are going to be asked and it, does, it doesn't seem like he's got the answers or the adaptability and that's the worrying thing, isn't it? And I think that's that's the kind of behaviour that gets you the sack. You know, and it, it's like you said earlier in the, in the segment, you almost don't want these words to be coming out of your mouth. You don't want to be sort of stoking that fire, but you feel like he's putting the wood on it. It, it, he's, he's got to change something. He's, he has to adapt. He has to he has to listen because it's it's like everybody can see it. It's, and sometimes I, I don't know. You, you wonder whether he's a bit like Mourinho in the respect that the game might have changed. You know, he's he's had success at a certain point in his career, setting teams up a certain way. But you know, is the game different now? Um, I, you know, we, we said when he got this job, this is going to be his last big, big job in football. Well, it, well, I think I think that's those words, Pete. Uh, Pete are absolutely key. You know, is this this is his last big job in football, um, and that's not going to sit particularly well with with a lot of fans either, thinking that particular way. And it, and it very well could be. You know, as football moved on. Since he had his, his his successful periods with Valencia and Liverpool, you know Chelsea as well, um, Napoli, football has moved on. And, and like you say, it's, it's not about. We we've got. I think we, we we have to have this discussion because we be doing people listeners probably a disservice if we don't talk about it because it's a question that's that's got to be asked. But I, I certainly don't feel comfortable at this moment in time in terms of how we're setting up and. And how we react or don't react to going the goal down. Because as soon as they score today, everyone would have said exactly the same thing. Game over. And it's it's an easy thing to say, you know, we can all say it. And you know, it's if if it, if it rings to be true, then obviously 
it's warranted. But we it's it's very true at the moment because we've got absolutely nothing in in an attacking sense because we've got a massive reliance or had a massive reliance on Dominic Calvert Lewin. That's, that's a god's honest truth. But it's a, it's a great point, isn't it? Because look at the Southampton game when we go behind, or the Burnley game. And I, I think there was a there was a stat, wasn't there, at one point that we we, we got more uh, we picked up more points from losing positions than than any other side for for so many games. And that that fight, that spirit, just seems to have gone. And yet, of course, we've lost key personnel, but it does seem like heads have gone down as well. And again, for Everton, that that's kind of unacceptable. You you expect that from you know the the likes of Leeds who have you know now in the second season and the, the sort of the honeymoon and the um you know the like the first the the first season newness has has worn off or the the new teams that have come up but for an established Premier League side like Everton you lose a game you expect to bounce back the following week not not to dig a, a deeper and deeper hole the problem is Pete when you don't have a response like that though and then like you said you lose five. Five games, you're on your ass mentally. You're on your ass completely. I was just watching the body language. That's always the key, isn't it? The body language of the players, and you could just see. Um, you know, it was almost like United's players' body language in the last days of Solskjaer. Almost, you know what I mean, it's just you'd see it. They were just they they almost knew themselves. They weren't going to score. We had sixty percent of the ball today, and you know we did nothing with it. And Brentford knew that. Brentford knew. Everton like Benitez likes to play on the counter attack. They like, you know, that, that's the way he's got the, uh, the team set up to play. Let's just sit in here deep now. And let's see if they can break us down. And we did nothing. We did absolutely nothing. We didn't create anything. So, so as a result, the game ended at one nil from a penalty, and that was it. Game over. Like Mike said, you know, as soon as the goal goes in, it's game over. And 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 they knew that. They'd let, let them have the ball. What they're going to do, lads? We'll just defend our box. Um, and. You know, I'm cursing Richarlison a little bit as well for that absolutely stupid, pathetic yellow he got the other day, because he should never have been uh, got booked uh, in that game really for what it was. What it was, obviously he thought it was a free kick on his man, and then he went and just took out the fella and got a yellow straight away. Um, yeah, it's not as simplistic as put Richie in that team and all of a sudden we score, but you know we carry a lot more threat, don't we, when he's in the side? Obviously compared to Rondon, and you know. As I said, it's the most winnable game we've got in the next four or five, and, and we and we and we've completely blown it. And they'll be on their arse. And, and 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 I hate to say it, we've talked about Liverpool. I've watched a bit of Liverpool recently, and they they're just there's just steamrolling teams. They're steamrolling teams. They've pretty much got their best side out now, give or take. And they they they're just steamrolling teams. And they, you know they're the best attacking team in the league at the minute. Um, they could have put seven or eight past Hampton if they really put their foot down, I think, in that game. And, you know, the only thing we can hope is obviously it's going to be a bear pit night game at Giddison. And, you know, the players are going to be putting in tackles and all that. And hopefully that, you know, that'll, that'll, you know, stranger things have happened. All of a sudden you win a game like that and then it, it, it just gives everyone a massive lift. Maybe we need a game like that to lift the players, don't we? Maybe we need that sort of game where, you know, a performance out of nowhere suddenly you know, transforms the season. Something has to give, doesn't it? Otherwise, it, it's going to force the club's hand. You know, ultimately, de- December is going to be where Rafa Benitez saves or loses his job because yeah. it's, we're, we're going into January in this sort of form. You know, that that's when you've got some flexibility to make some changes in terms of personnel. I know we've said it's not a great time to do business, but I, I think we we'll, we'll have to try. Um, it's just whether he's going to be the man at the helm or 
when we push that button again. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame that we 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 felt we felt the need to even have the discussion. But like you say, I feel I feel it's warranted, and it's I feel it's what people probably want to sort of listen listen to. Unfortunately, at this moment in time, because questions have got to be asked and answers have got to be given, and the the only way we're going to get answers in terms of the manager is whether we see a reaction from the players in in what is our our biggest game of the season and you know you you you've got to hope that on Wednesday night some semblance of Everton Football Club shows up because if it doesn't it could be an absolute massacre um and, and a game I'm saying I'm not looking forward to but we'll take a, a final break and, and discuss the Merseyside derby in a couple of minutes. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast. Many thanks if you stuck with us after another poor Everton performance against Brentford and a, a bit of a, a bit of a lacklustre and, and, and downhearted show today from ourselves. We don't like to do it, um, but we, we are where we are at this moment in time as, as, a, as a club and on-field performances are, are certainly um, re- being replicated off the field, it seems, as well. And we, we go into... Into Wednesday against Liverpool, you know, against the side who, you know, we're going to be challenging for the league title. Who just put four past Southampton. Very, very little in in the way of, of injury concerns, and you know, it's it's a game that, you know, I know going to the Merseyside derby most seasons we some of us fear them, but when we're at Goodison Park and you know a night game, you always feel the players can raise the game and. And you know, set about the Liverpool players and, and put it on them and throw in a, a tackle early doors, get the crowd up. And I go into Wednesday wondering whether we've got that kind of character in the squad to, to actually react to what we've seen over the last the last few weeks and whether the players we've got at our disposal can actually put a performance together that's gonna warrant anything, you know, at least a point. And I think it was Jim. Jim was saying last week, Jim Kyogre, when he was he was on the show, he just doesn't trust the players to to go out there and and grind anything out against Liverpool side or Chelsea coming up, and and that's a massive, massive concern, isn't it? Going into Wednesday night, but you know, we're going into the game with the fans, like we've already said, hugely disconnected. It seems from the players and from the club um, against a, a side who are, who are flying high, whose uh, former manager is in the Everton dugout. It's only going to take one or two goals for for Liverpool fans to be singing his name, I'm sure. And imagine how that's how that's gonna gonna play out in the in the Everton end. But Pete, what Pete, what are your thoughts going into the Merseyside derby? Have you have you got any kind of hope at all, or is it, is it a case of it's damage limitation? Well, I, I can't remember the last time I've um, I, I've been least looking forward to a to derby day. Um, I, I think we've got to make it a derby. I know, I know it's a cliche, but I I, I think we can't in a weird way we can't show Liverpool too much respect um, I, I think we've got to make it difficult um, and hopefully the derby cliches ring true and, and form goes out the window and it, it you know it becomes a different type of game I think that's our only hope really and I, th- I think you know if we go for 4-5-1 with Richarlison up top and I, in the midfield I'd go with Gordon, Allen, Decore, Townsend, Gray because I think that's quite a fierce counter-attack and I think we'd have a lot of organisation. I think we can give them a game. Um, but, you know, the, we've got to turn up with the right mentality. And like you say, if they get an early goal 
or if we show them too much respect or we're sitting too deep. It'd just be a, it'd be a matter of time and a matter of how many, and it'll become awful. It'll become horrendous. Um, I'm not one to leave leave a game early. I've very very rarely done it. Um, but, but yeah, when it when it comes to those kind of derby games, it's it's just the worst. Dave, are you on the uh, of the same thinking as Pete? Are you going into the game, you know, full of full of dread? Well, it couldn't it couldn't be two more opposing teams that they've won won eight and drawn one of the last ten games, and then obviously they lost to West Ham in the other game. So they're they're in ridiculous form. As I said, the scoring goals for fun. Scored five at Old Trafford recently, as we know as well. Um, so from that perspective. A load of dread, mate. Really is. I've, I, as I said, as Pete just said, I've never been, more, you know, less enthused going into a derby than in, in a very, very long time. Um, and the worry is, you know, they can't wait. They just can't wait to uh, to, 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 to really jump all over it on Sky TV. And the cameras are going to be there. Carragher's going to be giving it, oh, singing the Rafa song and all this sort of stuff. And it's just going to be an absolute. Um, it's going to be a nightmare. I really can't see us getting anything. I'm, I'm trying not to be to be negative about it, but look, the writing's on the wall. We can see it. You know, we're not stupid. We've all watched football. We've all watched this club. We've watched this team. You know, we know the score. Um, and I'd be very, very surprised if, if we if we if we if we manage to, um, you know, even, even give them a game. If I'm honest, at the minute, it really is. I know that Pete, team Pete just said there. On paper, yeah, it should do, but you know, it's a team that's you know really, really, really struggling, um, both on the pitch and mentally as well. So, um, I, I can't see the wood for the trees, lads. I really can't. Yeah, I mean, one thing, one thing that I, I would say, one thing that I would, I would sort of throw in our players' faces leading up to the, the Merseyside derby is obviously. Klopp's staff comments after the Southampton game yesterday in terms of him saying we want to play football uh, at Goodison Park. Let's see what the opponent wants. So obviously implying that it, it could be a case of us lashing in tackles and and play, you know, being ugly and what have you. But in, in my opinion, that's exactly what we've got to do. We we can't go toe to toe with Liverpool. Let's let's get that right. We 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 are not in in their league. Whether people want to you know don't like us saying that, that's where we are. Let's 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 accept it. Liverpool are where they are. They're challenging for the Premier League title. They're you know, challenging Europe, and and we're, we're we're miles apart. You know, it's where we want to be. Of course, it is. But when you go against a side like that, whether it be them, Man City, Chelsea, you, you've got to you've got to just do the dirty the dirty work and and you know be be compact, be hard to beat, put your foot in. You know, little things like that. Get the crowd on side because the crowd is. Listen, it will not take long. For that crowd to turn on Wednesday, it will not take long at all. It could be the slightest thing. It could be a player back out of a tackle, which you know that, that's unforgivable in any game. But in a Merseyside derby, it will not take much for, for that crowd to turn. And you know, if, if we want to give the, the players any opportunity to to show something and and, and reverse what we've seen in, in the last the last so many weeks, then we, we've got to make sure that we we are on board as a crowd. But the players have got to show us that they, that they, that they actually give a shit because at this moment in time, going into that game, it should be a given that they're going to fight for this club. It should be a given. And at, at this moment in time, it's not. And that's that's a, that's a huge concern. But I'll be, I'll be shoving that quote down the throat for the next three days and saying, keep on looking at that 
and go out there and play play for the badge, play for the badge on the front of the shirt. You know, so I know some play, I know Richardson will come back in. We know what he's like, and and he gives us all. We know that he does. You know, let, let's hope that the core and Gray have come through today, okay, and and they start the game. But you know, there's a few characters in there who who certainly wouldn't be pinning any hopes on that they're going to actually throw the foot in and and put it put it on the line for the club. Who knows? The football nowadays, there's so much media coverage. It's all about, you know, it's, it's a lot of it is about the narrative. And, you know, going into the derby last year, OK, there wasn't any fans. Look how much, look how much the most, what, 99% of pundits absolutely love Carlo Ancelotti. Everton have just looked at in a completely different light, aren't they? You know, even Klopp himself, big fan of Carlo, you know, full of praise for Carlo at the game, you know, and then none of, none of these snide comments like he's just come out with there. Now, all of a sudden, we're coming in, you know, into a derby game now and all of a sudden he's getting the digs in and then everyone will be all over it. You, know, you even said it today, Pete. They couldn't They couldn't wait for Brentford to turn us over today. They couldn't wait for all, all the narrative before the game. Tony hasn't scored a goal at home yet. Um, you know, last time they met uh, in such and such a time, it was like, you know, Seamus Coleman scored first but they ended up losing on penalties. Everything was like a it's like some sort of banana skin cup game, isn't it? And, and the media's like that. They can influence people's opinions. You know, we know that's the case. And, you know, we, we're in a situation now going into this. And, and they can't wait for it to happen. They just cannot wait. They can't wait for it to be 2 or 3 nil, And then they're, they're going to be zooming in on the Liverpool fans singing. You know, Carragher's going to be absolutely wetting himself. Even today at half-time when they were talking about whether that was a penalty. You know, you see it with Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy and Roy Keane. Oh, yeah, blatant penalty. Definitely, definitely. But oh, we're told VAR reviewed it and it wasn't a clear and obvious error. And then they both start laughing their heads off. All three of them laughing their heads off. And you're thinking, what on earth? You know what I mean? If, if that's like Liverpool or, you know, one, one of the so-called golden childs or whatever, what are they going to be saying? They're going to be screaming, saying, how, how on earth are they not giving that? But who's was the guy in the VAR. You know, and they, it's, an absolute, it's an absolute joke. And, that, and that's where the narrative can change so easily. Um, and, and that's why at the moment we've gone from everybody's second club to almost like a laughing stock. That's it. I mean, laughing stock is, and you're not far wrong, to be honest, because people, whether it be the media, whether it be opposition fans, have been waiting for us to to slip up and and, and be in this predicament under the manager. Um, and and they, they haven't, you know, they haven't waited, you know, even up until now to to, to jump on that particular train. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, the, the media are, are what they are, aren't they? In, in terms of, you know, we, we know we know they're biased, but. You know, it's just everything about everything about Wednesday is just has got a, a recipe for disaster written all over it, um, and it, it saddens me to actually go into a Merseyside derby thinking that we're we're so far behind them, and we haven't got a got a hope in hell. I think I think if we had Yerry Mina and Dominic Calvert Lewin, then you know you'd probably be thinking a little bit differently because you you know that you've got your best centre half and you've also got your your best centre forward, you know, um, on on the pitch, so they can always make make a difference. But I do I do fear for us going in going into the to that game with probably the side that um, that finished that game today pretty much, and and that's the, the sad thing about it. Now whether he brings Fabian Delft back in, which is possible, you know, maybe he starts to pack the midfield and and do it do it that way. That could that could happen. Um, I think I think maybe Andros Townsend, you know, he's been offered I think a little bit recently. I think he struggled today. 
obviously got taken off of the Mari Gray. Whether we see Anthony Gordon and Gray play wide with whoever wants to play up front, whoever fancies it. Um, and then pack the midfield with the Corey Allen and, and, uh, and Fabian Delph. That's possible. But we've got to try and do something to try, to stay in the game for as long for as long as we can. Um, but let's finish off with our, our round of predictions. I look forward to this. Pete, what are you saying? Well, I'm going to shock you all because the only way is up. I'm going to go for an ultra-optimistic, turning the season round, 1-0 the Charleston, bullet header off a corner. You've been on the, uh, on the source already. Pete? Pete, I'm turning to you. You're normally the first one, mate, the first one to solve. Can I, I'm, I'm turning to you here. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm going to go for an optimistic 1-1. That's the level of my optimism right now with this football club. I do not think in a million years we'll be able to keep a clean sheet against that team at the minute. Um, I really don't. Um, with Richarlison back in the team, though, I do think, obviously, uh, we'll carry more threat. Um, is there any rumours on Mina, Mike, being fit? Potentially or no chance at all, no? I think there's more chance of, uh, of us seeing Pete warm enough on Wednesday night, to be perfectly honest, than, than Yogi Mina. And again, Pains me to say it because we've said it time and time again. I wasn't being our best centre half, and I just don't know what the issue is. I really don't, and and that concerns me as well. You well know, it's, we, it's, it's a hamstring issue, apparently, isn't it? Isn't it yeah, a hamstring yeah. issue? But then he yeah, played six, he played three games in six days. Uh, three games in six days for Colombia, didn't he? Uh, in that international yeah. break, came back completely crocked and has never played since. And we've had another international break in the meantime as well. Um, so. I know there was light training, obviously, the other day, wasn't there, for uh, Calvert-Lewin, Gomez. Um, pardon? And Gray. So, there was Gray, yeah. uh, Calvert-Lewin and Gomez. So, they, they were all... You, you saw them on the training field, but you've not seen any meaning anywhere. You know, uh, he was he was away. He was still, you know, at, at one point. Um, he was abroad, recovering. Now, whether he... I, I think he's back, but I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you for definite whether, whether he is. And, you know... When, as I say, we've got a reliance on on him, and this was always a concern when he first came to the to the club. He really struggled to adapt. He had injury issues for for quite a while and missed quite a lot of games. And when when you can't get sort of 30, 35 games from your centre half, your best centre half, you're going to ask questions, and and that for me is is a big big factor. I think I think we we have to address the the centre half issue in in the summer. I really do. I think. You know, Ben Godfrey, I think, is 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 now looking a lot more like himself. Looks a lot better. You know, he struggles in the air, but I think, you know, his pace and his, you know, I think his tackling ability, he, he he is at this moment in time, he's probably performing better than Michael Keane. Keane struggles a lot um, as well, so he's got got limited limited form and consistency. So yeah, McMean is a massive concern for me, but no, I don't see him see him playing on Wednesday. I don't see Don playing on Wednesday. Um, so we're going to go in with the the squad that we've got we, we had today. To be honest with you, we're probably great starting. Um, we'll probably be the only change, and maybe Delph. But yeah, that's uh, that's where we are. Um, I'm going to go in. I think I think we'll get beat. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm normally fairly optimistic, but I just don't see if we can't you know do damage to a Brentford side who have got injuries and. And struggling for form, I don't see how we're going to inflict any kind of damage on on Liverpool. I really don't. Um, we've got a whole Goodison Park is is at its very very best in terms of the fans on on Wednesday. 
whether it is whether the players deserve it is a different matter. But we've got to hope that we can we can try and level things up with the with the atmosphere. Uh, but we will see. Um, that is us. That is us for today. We'll be back before the Arsenal game because we're playing next Monday, and we, we've been looking back on the Merseyside derby. God knows what's going to happen. Uh, let's hope. Let's hope and pray. Make sure that you that you do pray for the next three days that we can get something from the game, and we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.